Hello and welcome to Stump Death in Taxes. This is Meep, the MP part of Stump. Stu is my husband, also known as Mary Pat Campbell. I'm a life actuary. That means I count dead people. Okay, so one of the things I do as a life actuary is quantify mortality risk. That is, I'm going to be talking about death today. And I'm talking about death today because of a paper that was put up in the JAMA, J-A-M-A network, uh, January 30th, 2023. So that was yesterday. And several people sent it to me and it annoyed the heck out of me. So I did a post and I want to explain a little bit of the motivation behind the post and some things that I did not comment on in my post. So I'll do as an audio podcast. Of course, I will put these uh, links to the original paper as well as my blog post in the episode notes. So this paper is assessment of COVID-19 as the underlying cause of death among children and young people aged 0 to 19 years in the U.S. Okay, so they have a key point section at the top. I'm just going to read it without commenting on it to begin with. So key points. Question, where does COVID-19 rank as an underlying cause of death for children and young people aged 0 to 19 years in the U.S.? Findings among children and young people aged 0 to 19 years in the U.S., COVID-19 ranked 8th among all causes of deaths, 5th in disease-related causes of deaths, excluding unintentional injuries, assault, and suicide, and 1st in deaths caused by infectious or respiratory diseases. COVID-19 deaths constituted 2% of all causes of death in this age group. Meaning, In the study, COVID-19 posed a significant disease burden for children and young people, so pharmaceutical and non-pharmaceutical interventions continue to be important to limit transmission of the virus and to mitigate severe disease. Okay, so that's the key points at the top of the paper. Well, several things about this, just in the, the key points itself, and I understand it's simplified in the abstract below. It tells you what period it covers and yada yada, so... That's that's not, I knew the details would be below. The whole point of the key points is just to get the main idea out there. They did pull the data correctly for what they said they did. What I'm objecting to is <laughs> what ages were grouped together, what t- time period was chosen, because it was obviously cherry-picked to get a specific result. And that's that meaning. Because there's really, I'm sorry to say, (laughs) no way to go from looking back in the past and getting those data. And I'm speaking as a life actuary where I normally do this. And I look at that and say it has necessarily any meaning for going forward into the future. So let me start with my objection to grouping, and this is not how I started the blog post, but grouping those ages together. And I did a graph showing the total number of deaths for the period chosen, and I'll get to the period chosen in a moment, Um, year by year, age zero, which is infant mortality, 
age one, age two, age three. So each of these ages up to age 19, all the deaths recorded for that period. And I did a graph. And I'll, again, I'll put this in the show notes. But just to describe this to you so that you understand what it looks like, for age zero, that's infant mortality, there was almost 20,000 deaths. Okay, so at age one, how many deaths do you think there were? Well below 2,000. So there's more than a 90% cut going from one to the next, and it's not because the base population is 90% less at starting at age one. Okay, and then it kind of has this parabola that goes down because the lowest mortality rate is at about age nine or 10, and then it starts climbing again. Now, I'm not showing any rates. I just show the counts of deaths for each of these ages. And then at age 19, it's not even at 4,000 deaths. And this is for deaths of all causes. This is not COVID deaths, by the way. Okay, this is total deaths, all causes. So you may be thinking, um, yeah. So this is one of the problems that I have often when I'm looking at mortality trends, when especially rates and numbers, uh, mortality is very age-driven uh, for most causes of death. So when I look at mortality trends, either I do an age-adjusted death rate, and I'm not going to explain how to do an age-adjusted death rate right now, um, and we're not doing age-adjusted death rate, and they didn't do an age-adjusted death rate, that wouldn't have saved them anyway. But what I usually do is I carve it up into particular age groupings, and the CDC already helpfully has certain standardized age groupings, which are trying to group ages that are not too far apart in mortality risks by cause of death and by rates. And infants get their own bucket. They are not grouped with anybody else. So under one year. Now there's actually infant age groups and the infant age groups go less than one day, one to six days, seven to 27 days, and 28 to 364 days. That should give you an idea of what the shape of infant mortality looks like. I have yet to do a post on infant mortality by itself. It requires a special list of causes of deaths, a lot of infant mortalities. And if you look at the um, ranking table that this paper has for the deaths among individuals aged zero to 19 years, the number one cause is certain conditions originating in the perinatal period, which is coded P00 to P96. Well, you know, this is primarily infant mortality causes. Some of them do bleed into, you know, age one to four and uh, five to nine uh, because there can be some, you know, issues at birth, birth injuries and that kind of thing that cause death later. But most of this is going to be infant mortality. And the number of deaths that they have in their own ranking table is 10,387 for the period they looked at. 
Um, and you'll see later that they excluded that entire category. So they are taking infant mortality, which is of a nature so different in magnitude to the rest of these ages. So first off, that zero spike in number of deaths should just completely not be grouped with the rest of them. Number two, I remove age 18 and 19 as well. This actually will not make a huge amount of difference. Um, you know, there are legal differences. When I actually do my childhood mortality analyses, this is how I like to split it up. Age one to four, which is young children, age five to 12, which is kind of school-aged children, and age 13 to 17, which are teenagers, because there are certain commonalities in the kinds of causes of death and the rates that you see. Um, so age one through four, there's a lot of accidental deaths from them being very vulnerable and young and needing a lot of supervision at that age. Age five to 12 is actually your lowest mortality rates for your entire life. And then age 13 to 17, now you're starting to see an increase in like accidental causes of death, drug overdoses, you know, motor vehicle accidents, that kind of thing. And unfortunately, suicide and homicide. It doesn't matter as much that 18 and 19 year olds are included, but I just don't consider them children. They're adults legally. So, you know, there you go. If you actually look at a graph of COVID deaths for the period that they were looking at, you kind of see why they included infants, 18-year-olds, and 19-year-olds. Because with infants, 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds, now I pulled from the database after they did, so I had eight extra COVID deaths. So I had 829 COVID deaths, whereas they had 821. This makes sense for the period they were looking at. I'm still not talking about that yet. Um, and that's for age zero to 19. If I remove the infant COVID deaths, if I remove the 18 and 19 year olds who died from COVID, then you're left with 476 COVID deaths. That doesn't sound nearly as impressive as 829, which is getting closer to 1000, you know, almost there. Um, so they were trying, I think, to see, you know, how big they could make that number because this is the second part. And that's the period they chose. If you look at the 12 month period they, cho they chose was August, 2021 to July, 2022. This contained the Delta Omicron wave of deaths. And this was the basically largest sum of COVID deaths for their age zero to 19 group. They cherry picked the period to get the largest number of COVID deaths they could. I think they were trying to optimize the number of deaths for to make the point they wanted to make. That's my assumption. It, it doesn't really follow going from the actual stats to their conclusion. But let me just say the proper way to have done, let's just pretend it's okay to cherry pick the time period that you're looking at. And it's okay to go from August, 2021 to July, 2022. And then I did a ranking table. Um, COVID is not number eight, which is what they got for their zero to 19. It's actually number six for age one to 17. So 
I'm actually pushing it higher up in the ranking table. But I have, again, remember, a far fewer deaths, 476 deaths instead of 821 or 829, okay? But, okay, what are the five causes of deaths for H1 through 17 that rank higher than COVID? Number one, accidents at 4,346 deaths. Number two, homicide. And I'm just going to use a simplified name. I'm not going to use the fancy names for these causes of death. 1,840 deaths. Number three, suicide. 1,516 deaths. Number four, cancer. 1,458 deaths. And then number five, um, this one I will get, quote, fancy. It says congenital malformations, deformations, and chromosomal abnormalities. These are the Q codes, uh, 978. This is often in infant mortality. So like, I'm sorry, birth defects, but uh, this is usually in early childhood that this causes death. That's 978. And then it's 476 COVID deaths at number six. So you want to think about what are the magnitudes? It's like going down some uh, steps at the top is accidents, and it's a huge step above the others, 4,346. Then you have a big step down, about 50%, you know, more than 50% down to get down to homicide at 1,840. And then, you know, you're kind of leveled off for a while. Suicide's 1,516. Cancer is 1,458. They're, you know, suicide and cancer are about the same level. And then you have another dip down, for the uh, congenital problems, 978, and then you have another step about half 50% down to get to COVID. That doesn't sound terribly um, impressive. And when you say, oh, well, it's a top-ranked cause of death, well, that's number six. Uh, when I do this call for the database in CDC Wonder, I'm asking for the top 15 causes. Well, let me tell you what number 15 is. Number 15 is complications of medical and surgical care, and that was 66 deaths. So I want you to think about that. I could say, oh, it's a top cause because it's in the top 15, but it's 66. And that's the problem with ranking causes of death. Talking about the rank doesn't actually tell you much. Yes, I do make these ranking tables, but I also give you the numbers of the number of deaths and also the rates, okay? I'll link to the, those posts so that you can see those because you want to make comparisons between years, between ages. So let's go to their paper and their conclusions. So the conclusions they have have to do with, oh, okay, so this is an important cause of death and I didn't even get into their table two. Basically, they said, well, we're going to exclude external causes of death. So that's the homicide, suicide, and accidents. And accidents are far and away the top cause of death for children. That's age one through 17. And that includes motor vehicle accidents, drug overdoses. So that's big for teenagers. But for little kids, drowning is a huge cause of accidental deaths. And drowning in pools specifically. Shall we talk about interventions there? Because maybe we should do that. Anyway, <laughs> let's go into their discussion sections. 
in their results and their uh, discussion and limitations. So, you know, they tried to compare this against other infectious diseases. So first off, for their cherry-picked period, where I'm going to say flu and pneumonia was somewhat suppressed while COVID was raging. At another time, flu and pneumonia deaths will be higher for children. Flu and pneumonia deaths were a cause that the CDC has been taking very seriously well before the pandemic and in flu view, which I had been tracking for years before this pandemic came across, because this is a key mortality marker for certain groups. Pediatric flu deaths are investigated, you know, quite a lot when they occur. Here is part of the discussion <laughs> portion. I'm, I'm sorry to be laughing at this, but listen to this sentence. Comparing deaths from COVID-19 with deaths from other vaccine-preventable diseases historically, COVID-19 caused substantially more deaths, 821 deaths in our study period in children and young people, than major vaccine-preventable diseases did before vaccines became available. Hepatitis A, three reported deaths in children per year in the U.S., rotavirus, 20 to 60 reported deaths in children per year in the U.S., Rubella, 17 reported deaths in children per year in the U.S. Varicella, which I believe is chicken box, 50 reported deaths in children per year in the U.S. And measles, 495 total reported deaths per year, the vast majority in children. I find it interesting that these are the chosen diseases because I know of some other diseases, infectious diseases that were huge child killers um, of a hundred years ago and more. And, you know, we don't hear about them so much now because we have effective treatments. So one of the largest improvement in childhood mortality occurred uh, from 1920 to 1930. And this is childhood mortality that is being um, measured as the survival rate to age five by the way. Um, there was an almost 50% improvement of mortality from 1920 to 1930. And this was in a 10-year period. So child mortality dropped from about 17% to 9% over that period. And that's a really high rate. We don't have child mortality like this. And this is going from age one to age five. This was because of treatment of diphtheria. Diphtheria killed a lot of children, also horses, evidently. Um, and it caused this huge disimprovement. That is, it killed a lot of children in the late 19th century in the United States. Um, so it's amazing some of the stuff that people, people do not realize that not only, so not only did we have such amazing childhood mortality improvement, you know, a hundred years ago, but even in recent decades that we see still get improvement in childhood mortality uh, pre-pandemic. And again, this is for small children. And a lot of it now is because of childhood cancer uh, survival rates have 
improved. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, getting back to their paper, what they have as their conclusions. So they said COVID-19 is now a leading cause of death for children and young people aged 0 to 19 years in the U.S. Well, it was for that specific period. I'm not sure that's true right now. Um, it probably is in the top 10, but that's because if I, you know, define it as age 1 through 17 and almost nothing kills them other than accidents, homicide, suicide, and cancer. It's going to be on the top 10 at number 10 on their own list. Let's see, on their own list, number 10 was 297 deaths, and that's for age 0 to 19 years. So for my list, number 10 was flu and pneumonia at 153 deaths. So that's what it took to get in the top 10 for that period. So that, remember, that was August 1st, 2021 to July 31st, 2022 for flu and pneumonia. Uh, I'm not sure that I would bet, given that COVID essentially subsided as a cause of death after spring 2022. It's still around, but it hasn't been as acute as it was during the Delta and Omicron wave. To be sure, it can come back. However, I want you to note those top three causes of death. And actually, suicide rates have not really changed very much, but homicide and then two causes of accidents, motor vehicle accidental deaths and drug overdoses, specifically for teenagers aged 13 through 17, have increased greatly. That might be a little more acute and a little more to the point to deal with than COVID, which even at its worst was number six in the ranking and is going to drop off for now for 2022. It's probably not going to be ranked that high for the full year of 2022 for children. Trying to hold on to the worst period for COVID, you know, I don't know. It's not really going to change much behavior, in my opinion, because we've had flu pandemics before that have had effects on children. And what do you think? Flu and pneumonia has been in the rankable causes of death pre-pandemic. How aware were you of that? How aware were you of childhood causes of death pre-pandemic? How aware were you of how risky backyard pools were pre-pandemic? Because they are a great danger for small children, for example. I'll provide the link. There are lots of mortality risks for children, and some got much worse during the pandemic. However, even once COVID goes away, and it seems to be fairly quiet right now, motor vehicle accidents, drug overdoses, and homicides, those have increased quite a lot. They've affected young adults and teenagers. You might want to look at those 
because those can stick around even if COVID is completely gone. Uh, because there's not necessarily a cause-effect chain between those causes. You might want to think about that. So I look at the numbers, and I don't see a cause-effect chain. I do see where things are ranked, and I did check what has changed from period to period. I will be updating my causes of death for different age groups. And again, when I do analysis, I try to do it in groups where the group is going to have, you know, is going to have a similar kind of mortality profile. So in general, I'm using five-year age groups, though probably 10-year age groups would be okay. For children, I like to use age one to four, five to 12, and 13 to 17. For adults, then I go from 18 to 24, and then I can use the uh, five-year age groups after that. It gets a little hairy at the older age end, uh, just because population estimates can get, you know, kind of difficult at the older ages. Um, but I'll be updating those since we have the finalized 2021 numbers now, looking at causes of death, looking at the longer-term trends, and... Um, really focusing in on what are the causes of death we need to be looking at. And for children, in general, it hasn't been COVID. It has been other things. Um, as I saw last year in August of 2022, when I took some provisional statistics, and it's not going to have changed very much. It's going to be those accidental causes of death and homicide that we really need to look at. In any case, you can take these rankings and make your own conclusions, but it's better to make comparisons and groups that have similar magnitudes in counts of deaths and causes of deaths. Do your infant mortality analysis separate from the children, please. So that's been Stump, Death and Taxes. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll have something happier to talk about next time, like... <laughs> taxes. Okay, maybe that's not much happier. I have to balance the misery. So <laughs> talk to y'all another time. Bye-bye.